Branding BFF is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Branding BFF, a podcast for service businesses, creative professionals, consultants, and coaches. I'm your host, Lisa Spear. I'll be having candid conversations with entrepreneurs and brand creators so you can gain behind-the-scenes insights and inspiration to apply to your brand and business. Please note, these are uncensored conversations with guests, so there's a chance they'll be adult language. This podcast is brought to you by Spearhead Solutions, a strategic branding business. Is your brand working as hard as you are to get clients? Are your prospects and clients having an immersive experience with your brand? If you're not sure, you'll want to download the four critical elements of brand attraction at spearheadsolutions.com. Spear is with two E's, and the link is in the show notes. Today's topic is experience of branding for a first-time business owner, and I've invited Brittany Kineski of Hello Velocity to join me. She uses coaching and consulting to help ambitious people get unstuck and create their own path. I picked Brittany for this conversation because, well, first, we recently completed branding her business. I thought her perspective would be super valuable while her thought process and emotions about it are really fresh. Second, Brittany got an office right next to mine at Advent Coworking, and I've been fortunate to see her journey firsthand to becoming a business owner. I think her experience is really relatable. And lastly, I'm really passionate about using branding to help business owners be authentic, distinct from their competitors, and attract their ideal clients. Brittany was eager to have the same, so talking to her is a great example of partnership in building your brand. Welcome, Brittany. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to have you here to talk about experience of branding for a first-time business owner, which you are. Yeah. (laughs) So really quickly, before we jump into our topic... Can you tell me the short version of how you decided to create your business? Yeah, so it started about a year ago, last January. Um, I realized I was just feeling really stuck in my life. So I had a great job. I was even working remotely. I had a great relationship. My family relationships were great. Um, I had hobbies, everything I thought I needed um, to have a very fulfilling life. Like I felt like I was checking all the boxes of a life. Um, But yeah, I I feel like I woke up feeling just stuck and I wasn't really motivated by what I was doing and I wasn't really that psyched about, you know, my day-to-day activities. So what I ended up doing is I hired a life coach and she helped me really realize what my values are in life and what I am passionate about and how I could bring that into my day-to-day life. So with that process, it was so eye-opening. That really made me inspired to start my own business. And I knew I could play on this theme of being unstuck or getting unstuck because that's exactly where I was. And a lot of my professional experience goes into that as well from the consulting side. That's great. And then secondly, with coaching, that was so moving for me that I decided to start the training to become a coach as well so that I could layer that into my services because those play into it so well as well. That's great. When we were working together on creating your brand, we definitely collaborated at key points. And then, you know, some of it today, I'm going to actually hear your perspective for the first time. (laughs) So there was stuff I knew along the way, and now there's going to be things that I hear for the first time today. And I think that for everyone listening, there's a lot that we can 
glean from your experience that will also help other first-time business owners, whether they're just starting or they are thinking about starting or they're in the early days. So let's talk about what were you thinking before starting the branding process? Yeah, so before we worked together, I was trying to do it all on my own. Um, that's one of the things that I do in all areas of my life. I, I think, <laughs> oh, I, I can just, I can do it myself. This is easy. I got this. And then when I started digging into it and really sitting with it, I, I realized it's way more than just me. Um, and that, sure, there's certain words that I like or there's certain themes I could probably come up with, but I realized I wouldn't get it as far as I wanted it to go. So this is particularly the naming of your business? The naming, yeah, okay. yeah, definitely, because I, I knew visually I wouldn't be able to, to do that on my own, so I was focused on the name of like, oh, I could probably come up with something catchy or relatable, yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, was mapping stuff out on post-its all over my wall and realized that nothing was really, like, hitting home for me. Um, so yeah, that's when I realized I needed I needed some help. How long did you spend on that? It was probably off and on for a couple months. Okay. So that's not uncommon. (laughs) Uh, I think that a lot of times, you know, we want to, as new business owners, we want to save money or we want to feel like another reason sometimes people do it is we want to have our stamp in it. Like we want to Mm -hmm. feel like, you know, okay, I get to decide what my business name is. Right. And those are all good reasons. Right. Because we don't have infinite money starting out. Right. Um, And at the same time, we do want our brand to be authentic. We want the business name to reflect us accurately. Mm -hmm. What had you actually choose to hire somebody to help you? Yeah, I think it's that idea that I knew I needed more than just a catchy name to get clients. Like branding is so much more than a good logo or a good name. It's really the foundational work behind it and like thinking through what your brand stands for, its personality, how you're going to convey that brand through every aspect of your business, whether it's social media or even emailing with clients or your website. Any sort of consumer touch base needs to have that consistent voice. And I knew I alone wouldn't be consistent enough on that and that it would kind of blur into just Brittany as a person instead of Brittany as a, the business owner or, yeah. you know, the business and brand. So what were the initial emotions you were feeling starting out? Um, like once you're like, okay, I'm going to work with somebody, but like, what was that feeling like? Yeah, it was, it was scary. <laughs> <laughs> I know I mentioned to you when I first got your contract after we talked about it and verbally agreed to everything. And then I got the contract and just like read through it all. I said, holy shit, this is getting real. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm like putting my money where my mouth is and like actually like starting a business. You know, you can say you're starting a business and maybe do some of the smaller things on your own. And yeah, you can make money and do that. But when you're really investing your money and like before the business is up and running, that was really, really scary. It was like out of my own pocket, I'm investing in this thing. So I want it to work. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, and then we went through and did a collaborative process together. Um, It's what I call the brand accelerator. It totally ties to that foundational stuff that you were talking about, right? So Mm -hmm. you can make smarter, more efficient, more intentional decisions. Was there any surprises coming out of that collaborative working process together? I thought it was surprising how well you pulled things out of me that 
I knew we're somewhere in there, but I couldn't put words to. Mm-hmm. And then the way you asked questions and, and worked so collaboratively with me, um, I was able to really like hone in on what I wanted for my business that I wasn't able to articulate before that. That's great. And I do know that you were clear, even before we did that work, that you didn't want your name or initials in the business. Mm -hmm. And you also didn't want coaching and consulting in the business name. Mm -hmm. So tell us why. There are probably a couple reasons for that. Um, First, my name is fairly long. No one can spell it. Sometimes they can't even say it. So (laughs) I I figured I would save everyone the trouble of trying to find BrittanyKanaski.com. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then when it comes to my initials, I think that wouldn't really resonate with anyone besides myself. So I wanted something that people could hear the name and it would sort of evoke something within them and they would maybe go, oh, interesting or oh, I get it and and want to take action on it and not just, oh, Brittany Knasky, who the heck is that? Like, why do I care about Brittany (laughs) Knasky? And then similar, similarly with coaching and consulting, you know, I think it's almost overdone um, for me personally, and I wanted the business to be able to evolve um, so that if someday I drop coaching or if I drop consulting or take on something entirely differently, I wanted the business to be able to grow into that and expand or contract depending on what the future holds. Yeah. Especially being a first time business owner, it's like you don't actually know what the experience is going to be like mm-hmm. and where even within the things that you love doing, uh, where that might evolve into. So I think that's, yeah. that's really smart. I think for some people, they know the lane they want to stay in and mm-hmm. therefore, you know, if they want to stay in the coaching lane, well, then it helps mark the industry, for example. Um, I think what's so cool is that your approach is actually the opposite of Quinn Gwynn's approach to naming her business. And we talk about that in episode nine. Uh, I speak with Quinn Gwynn about naming the business after herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think what's cool is both perspectives are equally valid. Um, it's just a different it's a different set of objectives and different set of intentions that allow you guys to be coming at this from a completely different angle. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I think the the key thing with both of you is that you both were clear and intentional. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times it is easy to use your name or to use your industry. And that might be a great choice, but I think sometimes it's just the default because it's easy. And I, yeah. what I hear with you is like you were thinking further ahead and you had a particular, a, lo- a series of reasons mm-hmm. why that this felt like a better approach for you. Yeah. And I like how you said it's the easy option because that, that was the other thing that came up for me is that it was, it felt expected. Like you, bef- when I first told people I was starting a business, they said, oh, what are you going to call it? Like Kanaski Consulting or something. And I, I was like, oh, I don't like that. You know, it, it was just... <laughs> I didn't want it to be predictable, and that's even something I've worked on in my coaching is to think more outside the box. So I love that it was able to help me push myself, too, and think a little more creatively. Yeah. One of the things that I thought was really interesting was when we were you know, working through the tone was that the words that we – the adjectives we kind of landed on for the name of the business were more in that realm of witty, playful, um, something that – I also was thinking as we were working on naming it was like, okay, if I'm stuck, Mm -hmm. I don't want to name if I'm your, your prospective client, like I don't want to name 
that makes me feel that stuff that I'm already not enjoying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think it was really helpful to put myself in the shoes um, of the client, prospective client, and just think like, well, what's the opposite of that? What does that feel like? And Mm -hmm. so as my writer and I were working through the naming, we were just like, okay, let's make sure that this feels very positive, that this feels um, like you're on the other side of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And did you have any other thoughts when we were presenting names, like that what landed for you just in thinking about how it was being named? Yeah, I liked that a lot of the words came with a sense of power and movement and velocity, you know, yeah. of course, I'm, I'm hung up on that word because it's so good. <laughs> um, yeah, there were so many really, really great options. And I think what ended up landing for me the most is what it was both like a personal decision what felt like playful to me as a person and like would get me excited um but also you know what feels relatable to other people like I think some of the other ones had words that I just personally didn't like as much yeah um so I I think that's what helped me steer in one direction or the other yeah because quickly you you immediately gravitated to five like Mm -hmm. that was like right away you were able to weed out some stuff which was really great to see too like having a clear sense of what syncs up and what doesn't for you because Mm -hmm. ultimately it has to be reflective of the vibe that both you're wanting to convey as a business but also what will connect with who your audience is yeah so what went into making your final choice yeah so I had the the list of five and I, I was trying to think through, okay, how do, how do I even choose this? Like, it, it was a struggle between my rational mind and my creative mind of how do, I, how do I even make this decision? Is it, do I need to write them all out or do I need to write out what my email address would be? You know, whatever <laughs> it is, like trying to make it as real as possible. Um, but instead of doing any of those things, I actually shared it with two people. Um, one would have been a potential client, um, and actually she didn't gravitate towards the word or towards the, the name, um, but it was totally fine, like just having the conversation with someone and realizing how personal personal of a thing it was with anyone when you hear a business name was really helpful for me. And then the, the second person I, I shared it with was my boyfriend, and I was, of course, really nervous to do it because I didn't want his feedback to sway my decision at all. I just wanted, I just wanted additional, so someone else to talk through it with. Um, but yeah, as soon as I shared it out loud with him and I heard him say it back to me is when it clicked. Like, I don't even remember what he said exactly after that because my mind was already like, Oh my God, that's it. That's it. I need to, I need to email Lisa right now and like finalize (laughs) it. Like I was so excited by it. So it, it was this, yeah, like I said, it was a struggle between the rational and creative and like, when do I just trust my gut? And yeah. I finally was able to just like go of the rational side of my brain of trying to like do a pro con list. And I actually just like listened um, to my gut. And as soon as I heard it, as soon as I heard someone else say it, that was uh, objective about it, then it just clicked. Yeah. And it's funny because from my side, um, my writer and I both 
had a feeling that the one you picked was the one you would pick just because of your response in the presentation. Yeah. I remember I was like, Ooh, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. So, so it was like that, that you had the emotion around it, the energy around it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think like you said, our rational brain, like we do want to, we want to put it through its paces. We want to like test it out. We want to make sure that we're not being impulsive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I technically should sleep on this. This is a big decision. And I always tell people that, you know, if they're clear in that moment and they're hundred percent clear, that's great. But I didn't, I never expect it because I think mm-hmm. we do need to feel like, okay, I'm going to be living with this for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we can take a, we can take 24 hours to sleep yeah. on it. Yeah. Let's sleep on this. See what happens. Yeah. See, see what it feels like. Because I think that is the thing, you know, it is such a, a part of our experience for the next however many years we're in business that we do want to feel like, uh, we're excited and proud of it and that it will c- carry on uh, unless anything dramatically changes in our business that we mm-hmm. might rebrand. But but really, like, it's got all the right um, components that we feel like it's got the most legs and the most long-term mm-hmm. appeal for us and for our prospective clients. Yeah. So in between, um, you pick the name, uh, but then there's a period of time before we actually visually see the brand come to life. Mm-hmm. So what were the emotions you were experiencing while you were waiting? Oh, man, I was so excited, but also anxious, you know, like thinking, am I really going to like what, you know, Lisa comes back with? How am I possibly going to decide a logo? You know, yeah. it's like I'm not a huge visual person. Um, so I was like already going into it, almost doubting my decision making skills again. My <laughs> rational brain was like, how are you ever going to decide something so creative? Um so yeah, I think I was there was a lot of anticipation around it and general excitement, but a little bit of nerves too. Yeah. So going through like reviewing all the different options, the logo and business card, um, what was it like actually selecting it? Because you know we had a couple rounds because you know you have the general idea that you wanna you wanna pick the one that is most aligned. Mm-hmm. But then of course we want to leave a little room for revisions just to tailor it, to tweak it, to mm-hmm. you know, really finesse it and make it the best possible. So what was that experience like for you? Yeah, that was the first half was a lot easier than I expected because I think there were three different options that were quite different. So we could pick all the things I liked about each of them to combine into this new Frankenstein <laughs> kind of a logo, I guess. Um, so yeah, it had everything that I liked from all of them and that part seemed easier than I thought. Um, I think it was going to the next round where, okay, then it was more of the finer tweaks. Mm -hmm. That's when it got really difficult for me because I kept doubting myself again of like, Oh, is this right? Like, this is what I like personally as a person, you know, is that what other people are going to like? And then I felt like I could have just kept making tweaks and tweaks and tweaks and tweaks. Um, But I realized in that moment that that was just me being fearful. Yeah. You know, that it's never going to be right. And that, you know, if I let fear take over, we would have, we'd still be working on the logo, you know, if I let that take (laughs) over. So it was like, at what point do I just say, okay, this is it. And I, you know, I loved everything about it, but it was still just the, the, the finer tweaks that I kept getting in my head about. And you know, trying to get away from that and realize, you know, it's it's not going to change anything if this font is slightly different than that font or, you know, like, yeah, 
what the tweaks were that we were making at, at that point. They were so minimal that it wouldn't have really made a difference in the long run. Well, and because, you know, as a coach, you also know that a lot of times, you know, fear gets in the way of so many things. Mm-hmm. So how what was it like for you, you being a coach, understanding what it's <laughs> like to work with people when they're afraid and then observing it in yourself? Yeah, I think it just made me realize it so much sooner than I would have if I haven't been, you know, if I haven't gone through coaching with someone or through the coaching training that I have, um, I, yeah, we would probably still be working on the logo and, and, it, and it's funny now that we're talking about it. Like I was stuck, you know, again, yeah. like it keeps happening all the time and in my life and I'm sure in everyone's lives, we always get stuck on something. So it's recognizing it in the moment and choosing something different. That's important. Yeah. And I think that's goes back to, I think being in a trusted partnership, you know, like I wouldn't steer you wrong. I wasn't going to present anything that uh, I ever thought that myself, I'm never going to present something that I'd be embarrassed to be putting out in the world. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, Um, and also just knowing that, you know, we could talk through all the tweaks and figuring out, okay, where, where is the line? You know, where, mm-hmm. where do we stop? Um, and yeah. you know, that's partly why we build in just two rounds of revisions because it's easy to let fear have something drag out. Mm-hmm. Um, imagining you're launching a business for the first time. Well, what's scarier than that? There's not a yeah. lot, you know, having a kid maybe, um, <laughs> I yeah. haven't had one. I don't know for sure, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, there are a few big things. And so, you know, a lot of times it's like, okay, once I actually put this out there, I could succeed or I could fail. And the fear of failure can have us not make a decision Mm -hmm. because we don't actually want to get to that point of potential rejection or fear or uh, a failure or any of those things. So I think that what you're bringing up is so important for first-time business owners because you don't, unless you have somebody objective from the outside helping you see like, oh, wait, your fear is getting in your way of launching something or you know it's it's common you are not alone in this but you luckily had the um skills to be able to identify what you were going through yeah yeah it was so helpful in the moment and also like to your credit all the revisions that we're doing and all the options that you gave me were just so great it's made it harder to choose of course I'm like (laughs) You know, it wouldn't have been a bad decision was the other thing. But that's that's when I knew that it was fear because it's it's not like I didn't like any of them. It was like yeah. I liked them all that I couldn't decide because it was more about actually that would make it real. Again, yeah. again the holy shit, this is real moment yeah. was like coming back like once I choose this, then I have to do something with it right. and like really put myself out there. Yeah. So that was that was scary. Yep. I, I totally get it. So I think the last couple questions I have is really about, okay, we, everything was picked. Then we're like really putting things out in the world. So you've got your logo on your door. Yeah. You've got your logo on social media. Yeah. You're like out there sharing, you're creating content, you're interacting with people now about your business, getting clients. Um, What's it like for you now having it be real? Oh my gosh. It's still scary. (laughs) Um, No, but it was so exciting when I came into the office and saw my logo on the door. Again, it felt so real and so humbling that it was like coming to life and that, you know, people are going to walk through that door into my office and, you know, it's, it's a real business. It's, you know, people are hiring me for my services. That's just so humbling. Yeah. Um, 
and and so exciting at the same time. And then um, you know, with social media, that was that was so hard to do that as well. Like again, fear was coming back when I had to hit that publish button and that post <laughs> button. And when I hit the button to share with all of my Facebook friends, like that took me a long time. I had to really hype myself up to do that. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, so it's been an emotional roller coaster, but you know, the last couple of weeks of really getting it launched, but it's totally worth it and and so rewarding to see it coming to life. And what are people saying to you who know you and are seeing your brand now that it's launched? Yeah, I've gotten so much good feedback and a couple people specifically when they said or when they saw the like color palettes on it, they said, oh, that's so you, you know, they were not surprised at all in the direction that we went. Um, So it's cool to see the brand be able to stand on its own, but then also that it connects back to me and how people see me. And, you know, I know a lot of a lot of the colors that we work with are colors that I either wear, you know, in my clothing or in my office already. So it felt very um, cohesive and it was like a natural transition for me and for people externally. And I think what is interesting, because there is our personal taste with colors, right? But we talked about before I even designed anything with the logo, you told me the colors you like the most because I do like to know that. Mm-hmm. But what if the colors you like actually aren't reflective of the name or of what your service that you're trying to um, communicate for a client. So like Mm -hmm. I had a client where she loved red and orange. Well, her brand and business is all about managing pain. So red Mm -hmm. and orange, you think about that, that invokes pain. If you look at a a medical chart, they'll, you know, they'll put stuff in red where the pain points are, Mm -hmm. right? So as much as she personally loved that color, mm-hmm. um, we chose not to use it because it actually would remind her clients of their pain. Yeah. Uh, but what we were able to do is use a, a cooler color as the main color and then use the red and the orange as the accents. So mm. it would be like the call to action. Well, you do want a little more attention to grab that. Yeah. So with you, what was interesting is like the color palette we picked are definitely colors that you respond to. But they actually align as well because you have this ability to bring calm and um, a really strong base for people. So that light blue, that soft blue really speaks to that. But then Mm -hmm. the Hello Velocity that has that burgundy color, which has got a little more impact and it's got a little more energy to it. Mm -hmm. So again, a color you love, but it works with the name. Yeah. So I think that that's what's interesting is when you can have it all sync up. Um, and then when it, for some reason, you let's just say you love green, but that reminds you of recycling or something in a logo. <laughs> well, then maybe that's not the right color. Yeah. Or not saying you can't have green in a logo beyond recycling, but like it depends on what your industry is and what you're trying right. to communicate and who your clients are. So in your case, it was great because people do associate those colors with you. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they work so well with the business name and what you're trying to accomplish for your clients. Yeah. And I know something else we talked about was how unique it was to have such a soft color in the background and then such a dark color for the text. Yeah. Because I know we almost went in a a different direction. I gravitated towards the dark background with the the white text at first, but we both talked through that that was almost expected yes and again that's not what I'm I'm going for I want to stand out I want it to you know be its own thing so yeah it was really cool to reflect on that too is how different of a logo that is and another thing we had talked about too was um 
you know, even the font choices that were made, right? Like mm-hmm. this font choice um, and the way we handle the type was, has the most sort of a long term. It, it wasn't trendy, let's say. Mm, right. So it feels contemporary, modern, fresh, but it's not trendy. And yeah. that was another thing that, you know, there was another direction that felt a little more trendy. We, we both loved it, but it just felt like, well, maybe will we love it as much in five years? Right. Yeah. Where this one will stand. Knowing what some other coaches are doing and we like felt like this would be a better differentiated too. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. So last question is what are some tips or insights that you think would be helpful for our listeners to know about branding if they are a first time business owner? Your brand should have its own voice and that it should be consistent across all your consumer touch points, whether you know, it's online, in person, or any other way you're going to be communicating with consumers. Um, And the second thing I've been talking about with people is, you know, if I'm posting on social media, you know, or wherever I'm putting content out, like, I would love for my audience to be at a point where they recognize that it's my brand talking to them, even if they don't see my logo next to it. Yeah, that's the number one thing I try to keep in mind whenever I'm posting is that this is my brand's voice. And this is what I'm standing for, and it's consistent, and people know who they're listening to. You are speaking my language. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, where can people find you? Yeah, they can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Velocity Co. And you can email me at Brittany at HelloVelocity.co. Excellent. We'll also put it in the show notes. Thank you, Brittany. It was yeah. great having you today. Thanks so much. This was fun. Subscribe to the Branding BFF podcast to stay connected to more behind-the-scenes conversations about branding and business. We also welcome your rating and review on iTunes, so we know what you enjoyed and more people can find us.